As you heard, recording in progress, the new episode of Sports Harder. On this uh, summer day, at least in Virginia, you know, I don't know about Utah, but man, it, it is hot in here. So six off all your clothes. so hot. Like it's it's like not having a car with AC is not good right now. Like, it's not the ideal situation. But no. but we're excited. We're here. We're ready. We got some exciting stuff to talk about. It's been a while since we've done our last episode. But as always, I am your host, Maddie Lukewarm Ice, and my co-host for the evening is Chris the Gorilla Binder. What's up, guys? <laughs> I like that. I like adding that in there with the flex. I like it. It's a it's a good combination. Yep. So how's it going there in Utah? Let's get the update. Ah, uh, hot man. We've already had more hundred degree days than ever before. Like normally we have like one hundred degree day in June. Like the hottest yeah. day before in June was like a one hundred one. We reached one hundred seven last week. Uh, we've had like two weeks straight of 100 degree plus weather. It's terrible. I hate it. Horrible. <laughs> I went up camping this weekend and it was like 80 degrees up there. It was perfect. Cloud cover. So beautiful. Man, that's the way to go if you're camping, man. 80 degrees. That's like spot on, like perfect. Yep. It was nice. Man, awesome. Well, a lot of stuff to dive into, uh, a lot of stuff to go over that we've been uh, missing. We'll go over the quick stuff, kind of quick pointers before we get into like the really major things of like NHL Stanley Cup Finals, obviously, uh, NBA Western and Eastern Conference Finals. But I want to start off with a little NFL, and uh, of course, you probably know where I'm going to go to if you're a Raiders fan. But uh, uh, Nassif officially, uh, you know coming out and saying that he is gay. He's the first active NFL gay player, obviously. Um, back when it was the St. Louis Rams, they tried to uh, draft a gay player in Michael Sam, um, but then they ended up cutting him. They didn't They didn't keep him. So Nassup is the first active uh, gay player, and his jersey sale, obviously, especially this Pride Month, is now the number one selling jersey in NFL, in the, in the NFL right now. Um, so your take on, you know, with being a Raiders fan and stuff like that, and, uh, kind of the implications that you feel, you know, positive and negative for him, you know, in his future, how, how is it going to shake up now that he's decided to be the first person? Well, I'm hoping that actually what happens is now that he's got a, got it off his chest, you know, the team has all supported him on it. I think the team probably knew before he announced it to the world. Honestly, just the way they reacted, they're like, dude, we already know. So we're good. We're good with Carl Nassib. We like him. Hopefully now that that's off his chest, he can be the player that he was in college. You know, like the dude was a monster in college. He was okay with Tampa and he was garbage with us. Like he hasn't done anything with the Raiders at all. So I'm hoping now that's off his chest, he can really just step up and just play football. Like, I don't care that he's gay. doesn't bother me at all. Like I went and got a new tattoo, so I'll show it off. <laughs> so I'm gonna lay down, turn it here. It's a little uh, 
fried dinosaur. It's got the rainbow down his spines. Um, got that matching with my cousin or my net niece. Sorry, not my cousin. But it's it's to support pride and show that I'm an ally as well. So uh, I'm not gay. I'm not bi. I'm not trans. I'm not any of that. But you know, I'm an ally. I'll, I'll help anybody that I can. But honestly, it's all about football. Like if the dude can play football, he can play football. If he can't play football, it ain't because he's gay. Like he's he's shown that he's a damn good football player. He just I think this was kind of the, the brush that needed to get off of him so that he could actually go out and just focus on football. He doesn't have to hide it anymore. That's true. I'm hoping, uh, like you said, that that will give him the boost that he needs. Um, I'm all for it. I support him. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he decided to do it. Um, it's one of those things where I look at both sides of it because, you know, I, you know, I'm the same way where I'm, you know, not gay or trans or anything like that, but uh, a, a saying that one of me and my mission companions used to say all the time, people are people, people are people. So, I mean, you know, it's just like, it don't matter. People are people. And so, um, you know, whatever he decides to do with his personal life, is fair enough. like you said, he can play football and he, he can play football. Um, and I'm hoping that it's not going to have a negative influence that now everyone's looking at him, you know, as the person who has to do well now. In a sense, like to, yeah. to allow other gay football players to get drafted or to come out, even if they're already in the NFL, maybe others. I I have no idea, but I, I kind of feel like now all the pressure is on him to perform and be like, "Hey, I'm a representative. If I can do it, then other people can do it too." So I feel like if he doesn't step up and if he doesn't have like a great year, then it's gonna kind of badly re- reflect I, I know that's not it shouldn't be that way but I, I feel like you know it's, it, 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 it comes with the territory of being a spokesman being someone who you know is representing that community now. So, especially on the biggest sport in America which is the NFL so um, nobody gets more media coverage than, than the NFL so you know I feel like people are going to be on him all the time you know even Quarters, you know, just your so how do you feel when you're in the shower? How do they feel when they're in the locker room? You gotta get used to these questions because we're gonna start asking that now. So we'll see how well he can handle all of this spotlight. Now. I think that's I think that's a big misconception that a lot of people have with gays is that if if I'm a guy and I meet a gay guy, he wants to fuck me. Like, no, I mean, look at you. I mean, come on now. You, yeah, look it's at that. a beautiful beard. But no, for for real though, like that's that's really the misconception. Like women meet a lesbian and instantly like, ooh, you want to have sex with me? And guys meet gay guys and they're like, ooh, you just want to have sex with me? And that's not it at all. Like ninety nine percent of gay guys are like super super picky and they're gonna be like, no, you ain't my type, bud. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's highly possible that that Carl Nassib is a very he seems like a very respectful person, and even though he's gay, he's not going to be hitting on his cl- on his teammates. You know, he's not yeah. gonna he's not gonna have that stigma because he's already built that relationship with his teammates. That it's it's not really gonna be there, but you're gonna get there. There's definitely gonna be the negative backlash because people don't take the time to understand like the values of of gay America. You know, for better lack of words. I don't really know how else to explain it. Yeah, like, like, 
they're not there there to just have sex with you because they're gay. Like, it's stupid. But I honestly, what I think is going to happen is this is going to allow a more open door for more people in the NFL to come out as gay. Same with the NBA and the MLB. You're going to have more people actually start coming out. Because statistically speaking, there's definitely a lot more people in the NFL, NBA, and uh, MLB that are gay. Yeah. Like, if you consider the statistics of how many gays to straights there are, there's got to be more. Like, it's just they're keeping it in the closet because of the sport that they play. They don't want to be looked down upon. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's right. I think be who you are. Be a person. You know, just like you said, people are people. You know, be, be who you are. Be true to yourself. You know, Shakespeare said it in the 1600s. To thine own self, be true. Like, that was a long-ass time ago when he was saying it. <laughs> and he was gay. Like, that's what a lot of people don't realize is Shakespeare was gay. He he loved the cock. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to go there. Just got to make it funny. But, no, I, I think this is going to open a door. I really do. Yeah, they're gonna. He's gonna be more scrutinized, um, which I don't think is fair by the media. Just because he's gay, that puts the label on it that doesn't need to be there. He's just a person who happens to like the same sex. He's a football player. Like football is honestly one of the most homoerotic sports there is. <laughs> like, I mean, the quarterback goes up and taps his center in the nuts. Yep. <laughs> Give me the ball. You know, they're, they're wrestling for a ball. It, it's, yep. it's a pretty homoerotic sport. Same with, like, professional wrestling, WWE. It's pretty yeah. homoerotic. It's dudes running around in, like, bikini briefs wrestling and, like, putting Vaseline on each other. Like, <laughs> yeah. for That's us to say true. that it's not homoerotic is pretty ignorant, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's very true. Well, we'll see how uh, things shake up for him for this season. Uh, like I said, I hope the best for him. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Um, something uh, fun that I thought we could do uh, as just like a, a fun question. Um, I've been looking into it, and I'm pretty sure they still haven't announced it yet. So HBO Hard Knocks. Actually, I I really enjoy watching it every year. Um, Last year it was uh, oh it was the Rams and the Chargers because it was two LA teams. Yeah, so they, they they did two teams and I think it was the first time they've ever done two teams. Um, so this year, if you had a team that you wanted to see in HBO Hard Knocks, aside from your own team, obviously, who who would you want to see this year go you know behind the scenes and and have a good look see on how their off season. Has gone. Well, my team was two years ago, so they're not going to do the Raiders again. <laughs> um, I would like to see the Ravens or the Bucks. Well, I want to see how won Tom the title. Brady actually acts. Huh? With the Bucks winning the title, they won't do that. They never do a Super Bowl winning team. They always I do uh, lo- losing teams who have a losing record. I know, but I'd like to see how Tom Brady really acts in – like camp and stuff, but um, I think a good team to actually do like I think the Browns would be amazing. Okay. They did them a couple years ago too, didn't they? 
They didn't like when Mayfield got there. Though. I think they were one of the first teams they did hard knocks for. True, um, but uh, when they got bigger, I remember his run uh, against Tyron Taylor. Yeah, and Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, for me, I tell you who I think would be very interesting. Um, obviously, he's having the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence, seeing everything that he has to do. But they're an interesting team. They have a brand new head coach. You know, to see how he's transferring from college to pro and over Um, you know, Travis uh, Etienne. You know, him and Trevor Lawrence, both from the same college, now playing together. You know, um, it'd just be interesting to, to watch them exactly. You know how well they can do this year, and how, they, like, how quickly they can get Trevor Lawrence ready uh, for week one. So I think that would be the fun thing to watch. And then the other thing that I call online that we are uh, talking about is the Dallas Cowboys. Injury, you know, um, it, it's, you know, they, they've done the Dallas Cowboys a couple of times because it's a very team and people like to watch it. I know they did one with uh, when Tony Romo was on the team, obviously. Um, America's team. <laughs> um, but you know, that would be interesting as well, just with Dak and everything and coming back from his, uh, his injury. Um, so I know they've been talking about that. And then the Jaguars obviously pick. I feel like they want to see how good they're like transferring from college and stuff from completely they're picking everything up. my vote would be the Jaguars. I'd like to see the Carolina Panthers too. Like see how, how they are with Sam Darnold and uh didn't they grab another quarterback too? Uh, I don't remember if they did or not. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. I don't think they did. I don't think they went quarterback. I think no, I don't think they, they drafted one. I think they picked they, one up in free agency. Then they get defense. I'm pretty sure when they uh uh when they had the draft. Pretty sure is went. Um, obviously the Jets are a team that Geo is thinking about as well because again how bad their record was. New head coach and uh. And the number two overall pick, so um, and Zach Wilson. So, uh, I don't know. A lot of interesting teams that they could go with. I like I said, I still don't think they've officially announced like a, a team that they're that they're going with. Um, and I would think that they would do it. Yeah. Oh, they did not pick up another quarterback. They have Sam Darnold as their starter, PJ Walker, and Will Greer as the backups. Awesome. <laughs> Solid. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Um, all right. Well, uh, is there anything else in uh, football that we need to go over that has been big news that we haven't talked about in a while? Dude, Aaron Rodgers still has not shown up to camp. Yeah, I was going to say, every single day I turn on, like, ESPN or, like, Fox Sports Radio, they're always – that's, like, the main headline is another day that Aaron Rodgers isn't at, you know, camp. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised, like, 
I, I don't know how far the Packers are trying to, going to try to get this to go. Um, but is it one of those things where you feel like, you know, uh, Jordan Love is like, you know, going to be ready and prepared enough that they have to go with him? Or, um, you know, you think Aaron Rodgers will just, you know, be the first to break and then end up like coming back? Nope, I don't think Rogers is going to come back. I think he's actually going to retire. I, I think Jordan Love is going to start out the season. I really do. And Jordan Love is either going to fall on his face and the Packers are going to come, like, begging Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or yeah. Jordan Love's going to be amazing and the Packers are just going to let Rodgers go. It's one of two things is going to happen. Well, if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, do the Packers still win the division? No. No? No. They go 8-8 eight and eight at best. 8-9, and nine, sorry. Because they're 17 yeah, they years. Added one more. They're going to be right around 500 if they're lucky. But that's because their defense is good and they have a really good run game and they have great receivers. But Jordan Love is not the one that's going to lead them to a division win or like even the NFC Championship. It's not going to happen. Already, fair enough. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, it's uh, if it's gonna be Jordan Love, I mean, who you got in that division? You got Jordan Love, you got Kirk Cousins. Um, gosh, the the Bears that had, had the Ohio State guy, Justin Fields, guy. yeah, Justin Fields, and then who's the last one? Then Jared Goff. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> really, I could almost see the Vikings taking it, to be honest. I think the Vikings are going to be second. If Rodgers plays, the Packers They'll win it, yeah. The Packers take it. If yeah. Rodgers doesn't play, the Bears take it. The Bears? Yeah. The Bears. Wow. I, think just, I think Justin Fields was probably the best uh, NFL-ready quarterback besides Trevor Lawrence to come out of the draft. Wow. And they were the top two, and, and Justin Fields fell. Yeah, he I, did. He, he fell a lot, but I yeah. think he's better than Trey Lance, than uh, – who's Wilson? the other quarterback that went? Zach Wilson? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Zach Wilson's a joke. Like, he's going to flame out in the first year. <laughs> well, he's with the Jets. I mean, it's not like he was given a good opportunity. It doesn't matter if he's with the Jets. He's going to turn out to be like the next freaking late – what was it? Blaine Griffin, Blaine whatever. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. The dude that was like supposed to be the the next big thing for the Jaguars, and he played like yeah. three games. Blaine Gabbert, that's his name. Uh, <laughs> and now and now he's got a Super Bowl ring because he's Tom Brady's backup. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> yeah, Blaine Gabbert was supposed to be the next heir apparent, like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, and like. Dude, he sucked, and that's going to be Zach Wilson. Dude, like, absolutely. Now with you saying like the Bears and Rodgers coming back, would when are you getting me all like hyped up for like our, our predictions? You know, at the beginning of the season, you know, who's going to win? Now I'm all like hyped up. Do it now! Like we got, we got to we got to wait and see. You know, like you said, Aaron Rodgers coming back, not coming back. We got to wait on a bunch of. Um, oh, I guess we hadn't talked about last time. Uh, something we could cover real quick. Uh, Julio Jones, uh, you know, being traded from the Falcons uh, to the Tennessee Titans for practically nothing. 
Like, did not have to give that much up. And I'm not going to lie, I was very sad Sam didn't end up landing him because, I mean, they gave a second round and a third or something like that. Like, they, gave, they gave a second and a fifth and got back, got Julio Jones and a fourth. <laughs> They even got a pick from everything. Yeah, like, oh my god! Like any, any team, team could have offered yeah. that. Like any team, like I don't understand. But the Tennessee Titans want to win the lottery. So, does this rejuvenate Julio Jones and uh, Tannehill in that great running game? Uh, in Tennessee, like, this gives Tennessee the edge that they need to take out, like, a Chiefs. Because then the Chiefs are kind of, uh, sorry, I know they're in your division, but these are kind of the ones that's had to at So, you know. I don't think it gives Tennessee the number one seed. I think the Chiefs are still the number one seed. But I think it puts Tennessee in contention in the AFC Championship against against the Chiefs. Like, Hint, hint, my predictions a little bit there. Um, <laughs> just because, I mean, dude, you, you're going to try to stop Derrick Henry. And you have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Like, who are you going to guard? <laughs> right? Pick your poison I mean, type of thing. <laughs> give a better quarterback than Tannehill, then, yeah, they're, they're going to overcome the Chiefs. I don't think Tannehill is the quarterback to lead the Chiefs. Just like I don't think Carr's really the quarterback to lead the Raiders. I love Carr, but he's not going to do it. He's not the quarterback to actually lead our team to a division win or a Super Bowl. Like, had yeah. we gotten Tom Brady in the Tom Brady sweepstakes, that we might have won a Super Bowl. Just <laughs> saying. He might have been able to utilize Henry Ruggs a little better. But, no, yeah. I with Tannehill leading the Titans, it, it's a possibility. I mean, there's, there were games that, that we watched that the Titans won. That Tannehill threw for less than 100 yards. Yeah. Because Derrick Henry went off for like almost 300. It's like, you know, as long as you've got Derrick Henry running the backfield, do you really need Julio Jones? Do you really need A.J. Brown? Like, that's going to be the best wide receiver tandem in the league, I think, honestly. Uh, The thing that's hurting them is they lost uh, Johnny Smith as their tight end. So they don't have like a high-end starting tight end right now. Yeah. But, you know, they, they they could make a push, but I don't think they have the push to get past the Chiefs in the playoffs. They may, if they play them in regular season, they may actually beat them. But I don't see them getting past them in the playoffs because Patrick Mahomes is a different beast in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, he turns it up a notch. That's, that's for sure when it comes to that. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's hard to say that it gives them an edge over over the Chiefs. I mean, obviously, it's gonna it's gonna help them. It's not gonna hurt them to have a player like Julio on their team. It gives them, you know, more weapons, like you said. Um, but I don't know if it's enough to overcome the Chiefs. Um, but you know, any given Sunday, you never know. And if the Titans are on their their A game, um, they. They, they could possibly do it. You know, the Browns are going to be someone to look out for as well, you know, in the AFC. So, yeah. um, a lot of a lot of hard teams in the AFC this year. So, we'll, you know, uh, you know, we'll see how that how that plays out. Um, so, yeah, I think that's about it for the NFL. Thank you 
are aware of. I, I just talked to them in the top of my head. Um, they had been a while since we had uh, done a podcast. Um, I do know that, like, uh, I've been watching some updates for, like, different uh, camps, like training camps and stuff. And Mac Jones is actually kind of the favorite to start for the Patriots over Cam Newton now. He Mac should Jones, be. He's I mean, made a great impression with Belichick. Yeah, he should be. I mean, right? he's not the answer. I mean, I'm sorry. He's, he's done in the NFL, if you ask me. I don't think Cam can survive. So, um, I don't yeah. think he's got the arm anymore. Like that's what I'm saying. He's in the dirt. the dirt. He just yeah. So yeah, I I agree. I just unfortunately it sucks to say that about a player, but yeah, he's it doesn't seem like he he really has this thing I think for like trick plays on the goal line. You know, that's basically what they did all last year. Every time the goal on the goal line, they had him run it in. You know, so maybe they can still do that. But um, other than utilizing that, I don't really see any point. Um, the fun little thing they throw out there, too, uh, you know, talk, talk about what's been going on in the offseason and stuff like that. So with uh, Matthew Stafford, I thought it was, it was funny the uh, Madden 22 trailer came out, and of course, Madden decides to throw some shade at my team, and they have in the trailer Matthew Stafford throwing an interception to a Detroit Lions player. And I was just like, wow, really? You're just, already, you're just going to throw shade like that like after we get him, you know? Well, lucky for Matt Stafford, that's the only team that he hasn't thrown an interception to. <laughs> hey, yeah, true. So, I mean, uh, you know, so we'll, uh, it's funny because he's been looking pretty good, obviously, but he's a little good without and engineering stuff. Um, I'm excited. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not a Rams fan, but I'm excited to watch Jalen Ramsey pick off Jared Goff for a pick six. Right? I'm excited for that. <laughs> Just or Aaron Donald. Off, like. Yes. Just because, like, Aaron Donald's not a shit talker, but Jalen Ramsey is. So, Jalen Ramsey, the whole time running back, he'd be talking shit to Jared Goff. <laughs> it'd true. be amazing to watch. That's true. Aaron Donald would probably sack him and then probably just, like, pat him on the back or, like, pat him on the shoulders and just be like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, but it had to be done. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've been waiting to hit you for five years, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, he's just he was just been licking his chops this whole time. I can never <laughs> tackle you in practice, but guess what? Now I can. So, um, yeah, that I mean that that's obviously going to be a go-to uh, matchup when they play each other. That's that's going to be a fun game to watch. But, um, and uh, uh, oh, real quick, I just wanted to throw out there. I know, again, just being a Rams fan, I I, I like to throw these little things out predictions or how I feel about certain people. So we drafted this uh, tight end in the draft uh, named Jacob Harris, and he's been getting loads and loads of reps in practice right now in the mini camps because Tyler Higby uh, wasn't able to come for some reason. He hasn't been at mini camp. So Jacob Harris has been getting all these reps, reps with Matthew Stafford, and he's been, he's been balling. And Sean McVay said he's very impressed with him. Um, he said he could play wide receiver or tight end. Um, 
I'm I'm actually kind of excited because he's tall. He's a he's a tall tight end, you know. So all you have to do is just lob it up to him in the end zone. He he can just do a jump ball and come down with it. Um, so I'm excited with him being a rookie to see how he's going to do competing with Higby for the tight end spot, or maybe they'll throw him in at wide receiver um, every now and then. But just keep an eye out. Remember that name, Jacob Harris. I think he's going to, I think he's going to do well, especially since he's already making a connection with uh, uh, Matthew Stafford and, uh, you know, being able to uh, get the attention of Sean McVay. If Sean McVay is saying that he's impressed with them so far, then that's, that's saying something. <laughs> nice. I, I do have a, a, a pissed off shout out to pro football focus. <laughs> the guys there that do the top 50 from last year can go suck nuts. <laughs> top 50 players or top yeah, one? Top 50 players of last year. So uh, they, they had two tight ends in the top 50. Can you guess who they were? Kittle and Kelsey. Yeah. So Kittle was number eight and Kelsey was like number five. Wow, so they top, were in the top 10. They were in the top 10. Damn. They snubbed Darren Waller. Like, Darren Waller was right there with catches, with blocks, with every stat with Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah. George, he made the team. Kittle got injured year. and was out half the season. Like, yeah. how was he a top player last year? I yeah. get, like, I'm not going to say that Kittle's not a top tight end. The, I think the three top tight ends in the NFL are. Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller, not necessarily in that order, but all three of them bring just the, they're the best tight ends in the game, hands down. And not just catching, but also blocking, run blocking, you know, pass blocking. They're, they're damn good at what they do. But for pro football focus to leave out Darren Waller and put Kittle in at number eight, even though he was injured half of the season, like those guys can suck nuts. They obviously don't do research. <laughs> Like, they just go off names. So, yeah. Pro Football Focus, I'm calling you out. Like, hopefully you got somebody there can see our podcast. And if you want to have a debate on this, let's talk. Because let's, you guys yeah. don't know anything about football, obviously. You need to change your names oh, to Amateur it. Football Focus. Come on, guys. <laughs> well, wait until the NFL Top 100 come out, you know, when they do that. I bet he'll he'll get his due because, I mean, that's voted by the players. So I, yeah, he'll 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 get a good good rating in that once they start doing that. That should be coming up here soon. Yeah, um, here in the next month or so. There you go. So. But pro football focus. <laughs> no, I'll call you out. I don't care. <laughs> Anybody on your staff want to debate? Let's debate. Like, bring. We'll come on to our podcast. We'll go on your stuff. I don't care. And we will debate because I guarantee Matt and I know more about football than your entire freaking crew. So, <laughs> so you guys need to change your names. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Uh, good call out. Well, let's uh, let's move on here to uh, some NBA uh, action. Uh, like I said, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Man, the finals of the conferences. What games they have been so far like they they've been outstanding um before we get into the matchup um all of the playoffs have been amazing like every game has been good yeah yeah it really has um before we get into that 
let's talk about, I mean, you being in Utah. I used to live there for a little bit. I'm about to move there again. So the Jazz and they're kind of their blunder. Yeah, in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I I had such high hopes for them. So whoever it was, Barkley or Shaq, I told told that he I had the last laugh with it. They they lost, you know, in the semifinal. So I where did the Jazz go from here? This is the first time in the history of the franchise, Jazz franchise. They had the number one record yet. First time they've ever had the record in the And you know, they weren't able to pull it out. I know Mitchell kinda said he was playing with some an injury, so he wasn't a hundred percent. But you know, no excuses, man. No excuses. And then Connolly wasn't really in for most of the most of the series either. He played one game. Played Look, one game. Connolly, yeah. Played yeah. one game. Mitchell, yeah, he was injured, but the dude was still putting up thirty points. I don't care if you're injured. The problem is the rest of the team. There's no excuse for that game six. No excuse. Dude, they went into halftime with a 25-point lead and lost. Like, the Clippers caught up by the end of the third quarter. They outscored them 41-17 to in the third quarter. That's not – without Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and you have the defensive player of the year on your team. Right? The rest of that team did not step up at all. They just coasted. They're like, oh, we got a 25-point lead. Let's just sit back and, and let it go. And Mr. Choke Artist himself, Paul George, actually went off. Like, the <laughs> dude scored in, in the last three games, he scored 80 points. Like, he went, like, 19, and then he goes 37, 35. Like, Paul George went off. And yeah. he never does good in the playoffs. But he definitely stepped up. The problem is the Jazz defense, what they were known for – was their defense fell apart. They didn't even show up in the second half of the sixth game or the second half of the fifth game when they went into halftime with a, with a 10 point lead, you know, that, that was the problem. You know, you hit that, that little wall where you think you've got a good enough lead and then you let the team back in Yeah, where the jazz go from now, from here. Couldn't tell you. Um, They do have a good team. They have good chemistry. They just didn't have the drive to finish at the end. That was it. The Clippers yeah. wanted it more. Yeah, well, the the Jazz need to um, – I know we talked about before the show, you know, they, the Jazz organization, you know, offering more uh, money for Colbert, uh, Rudy Colbert, to get him to, to stay, uh, you know, being what three times defensive player now that he's won it three or four, um, and then you know three time. Mid, three time yeah, and then Mitchell you know obviously he's kind of the face of the franchise he's the future you know being a young guy, um, but those other pieces that they have right now they got to try to keep them as well you know to try to keep this team together and try to make another run, um, you know well, the, next- only one, the only one right now that is is up for free agency is Mike Conley. But with what he's done on the team, I don't think they're going to be able to afford him. 
I don't think they're going to be able to pay him and stay under the salary cap with paying Mitchell and Gobert, you know, and trying to keep those other pieces in there like Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, like Derek Favors, Joe Ingles. You know, you want to keep all those guys in there. Jordan Clarkson. Um, So I I honestly, I see Mike Conley walking next year. I really do. And that's going to move Joe Ingles into a starting position or it's going to move Jordan Clarkson into a starting position and put – either Clarkson or uh, Mitchell at the point, which neither one of them really are point guards. They're more shooting guards. So I, I don't, I don't see where it goes, but I, I honestly see Conley leaving and a favorite for him to go is to the bulls. Yeah. I know you like that. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely be okay with that, but I mean, it's not going to be enough adding him for the bulls to be able to, you know, do what they need to do in a in a tough East, you know, conference. And speaking of tough Eastern conference and another choke team, the Nets. The Nets. Like, you are beyond a super team. Like, I can understand having, like, three big people. You have, like, five people on your team. Like, you, you have an all, almost all-star team and you guys lose. Like, I I just can't even comprehend it. People are talking about how KT is the best player in basketball right now. But he wasn't able to take his team to at least the final. So, I, I can't view Nets' season other than a complete catastrophe and failure with yep. all the players that they had that they couldn't do it. Well, what's funny is it was always in, in the matchup with the Bucks. It was the home team that won every game until Game Seven. Yeah, and then the Bucks go in and disrespect the freaking Clippers or the not Clippers, the sorry, Nets. the Nets. Yeah, and, and I mean, beat them down. I think they beat them by like twelve points. It yeah. wasn't a close game. That's the thing. Like. It seemed like it was going to be closer than that because, uh, no, they beat them like 109 to 105 because it was like 108. And Kevin Durant threw up that weird-ass air ball to try to tie the game and looked completely shocked that it missed. I mean, he was completely off balance, falling away, shooting weird, and airballed it. And then somebody fouled Giannis, and he made one of two free throws, and that was the end of the game. There was like two seconds left. But, but yeah, it's just – I don't know, man. Uh, Kevin Durant's a great basketball player. I'll, I'll give him that. He's one of my favorite players in the league right now. But the Nets losing, absolutely a catastrophe, absolutely a failure. I think Tyron Lu. I think he's the coach of them, right? No, he's the coach of the Clippers. That's right. Who the hell is the coach of the Nets? Nash. Steve Nash. Yeah. Why are they hiring players as coaches? Like, dude, didn't Chauncey Billups just get a job with the Blazers as a coach? Like, he what did. the hell? And Jason Kidd just got a job as well uh, for one of the other teams. I can't remember who it was, but they another team hired Jason Kidd. Why? Like – no. Go coach. Trying to get Go the next high school. Steve Kerr, basically. They're trying to find the next Steve Kerr. Because he led the Warriors to all those titles. 
Steve Kerr didn't do crap. That was Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Like, <laughs> that was not Kerr. They just had the skill. But honestly, I, I think what happened with the Nets was they had a good chemistry. They had a good team. And then they just added too many pieces. I really think adding Harden was kind of the hair that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Like Blake, Blake Griffin was an okay add because he's he's not anything that he was with the Clippers. Yeah, like, he's, not he's, a lot no, he's a shadow of what he used to be. But adding James Harden just took the ball out of Kyrie's hand. Yeah. And Kyrie is a ball hog. So is James Harden. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, Kevin Durant will shoot, but he'll also pass the ball around. Yeah. You know, he'll get the ball passed around. But when you have two people, it's the exact same thing that happened in Houston with Westbrook and Harden. They didn't mesh. Like, putting Harden and Kyrie on the same team was a big mistake. Them going out and getting Harden was the biggest mistake they made this season. Because why not spark, start Dimwitty or even Joe Harris over um, James Harden? You get Both of them are better three-point shooters than James Harden. You know they're they're quieter. They they're they don't need the ball. They don't need to shoot thirty times a game to be happy. And they're better players, I think. Like yeah, yeah. Harden's a big name and Harden's out there, but Harden is a he is a solo player. Like he is not a team player. And you can't have two people on the team that are not team players because that's just going to drag you down. I yeah, think that's what killed them. If they would not have gotten Harden. I think they would have got past the Bucks. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, a good possibility. It'll be interesting uh, next year to see what they, you know, try to do with with that team and trying to keep all of them superstars all on the same team. Uh, you know, because all of them are eventually going to want to, you know, start getting paid. But um, the East, you know, with that, you know, the in the finals right now, it's. Milwaukee Bucks, like you, like we said, because they had beaten the Nets, and then the Atlanta Hawks coming out of nowhere. Um, I actually really do, honestly, feel that the Atlanta Hawks are the Miami Heat of last year. Like no one kind of thought they were going to do anything, and the Miami Heat came out of nowhere and just like kept winning each series. They kept winning and winning and winning, and it was just like. Are they really going to do this? Are they going to get to the finals? And the Heat did. They they weren't able to beat the Lakers, unfortunately, but they they were able to get through. Um, right now, the Bucks are winning that series two to one against the Hawks. Um, Giannis has kind of been. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only person that feels this way. But everyone just loves Giannis so much. You know, he's a two-time MVP. And, you know, he's such a good player. But I feel like he's gotten to a point where he can't even hit a jump shot. And he can't hit a three. The only thing he can do now is just drive to the hoop. Like, mm-hmm. he, he is good at driving to the hoop. He's such a huge freaking mammoth of a man. I like he, a Greek freak for a reason. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to stop him. And when he tries to foul shot, he's lucky to make one out of two. They, they are purposely fouling him now because they know he's not good at doing that. So what happened to when he was able to do everything and he was the MVP? Now he's kind of a one-trick pony. And I, I might be the only one who's thinking this way, but I just I, 
have seen it in the series that he's been playing in, and I feel like he's kind of gotten out of able to do anything else good other than driving to the hoop. You might, you might agree or disagree with me on that. <laughs> no, I agree. Like, watching him try to shoot is, is atrocious, even his free throws. Like, he's shooting, like, 50% in the playoffs from the free throw line. Last year, he was 80%. Yeah. Like, he, it's almost like he forgot how to shoot just because he's been so dominant getting to the hoop that he doesn't have to shoot anymore. So, so it, it's almost like, like he almost forgot. You yeah. Know, I, I, don't, I don't know. Or, you know, they don't have to rely on him shooting because they have Chris Middleton. You know, Chris Middleton has been really good in the playoffs. Yeah, and Holiday, Andrew Holiday is kind of steps in the playoffs as well. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, yeah, uh, obviously, everything that he's been doing, and uh, there's that he's been up. Um, he kind of injured a little bit at the end of the game, uh, game three. Yeah, game three. Um, so his status is questionable for playing the next game, but. I can tell you if they don't have Trey Young, they're definitely not going to win the series. It's one of those things where if he's not playing, it, the series is over. The Bucks are going to take it. Um, yeah. But with him, with him playing, how do you see the series going with the being 2 1 right now? I think the Bucks are still going to take it, honestly, whether or not Trey Young plays. Because I think Giannis is going to stop shooting it and just focus on his strengths. And get to the rim, and if if he can't get to the rim, he's just going to kick it out. Like, why not kick it out to Chris Middleton? Why not kick it out to uh, what's his face? Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Yeah. Um, why not kick them out? You know, let let them shoot the three. If you're going to double team Giannis, somebody's open. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like every time. So. Yeah, I, I think Giannis is going to stick to what he knows he's strong at and stop shooting the ball. I think he's going to stop it, and I think he's going to step up, and I think the Bucks are going to take it. Um, Atlanta's probably going to win one more game. I think it's going to go to six. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Atlanta will win this next one at home because they, the, they have another home game. Um, I do want to throw out a funny stat, though. Yeah. So the last, last time that the Atlanta Hawks won an NBA championship was 1958. The last time the Bucks won a championship, 1971. And I know we're going to get to the Western Conference. Neither one of the Western Conference teams in the Western Conference Finals have ever won an NBA championship. Yep. And the Lakers have never gone to a Finals ever. Or, sorry, not the Lakers. Um, the Clippers. The Clippers have never even gone to a Finals. Yeah. Let alone, like, win one. They've never even been there. Like, yeah. The, the that's Suns how... went twice and lost both times. Yeah. So the Western uh, Conference... Um, yeah, we have the Suns. Who'd they lose to? Who'd the, who the Suns lose to? Oh, <laughs> the Chicago Bulls. Jordan. <laughs> I mean, everyone lost to Jordan in the finals. Right. <laughs> I mean, he took he took a couple years off and another team got a chance to win. And then he comes back and wins three more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, um... But yeah, um, the, the the Western Conference we have the, the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers, like you were saying. Um, Kawhi Leonard is still out; he still hasn't been playing. Um, 
the the Suns are up now three to one after some crazy freaking great games that they've been playing. It's gone down to the wire. Um, they've been fun games to watch. Some bad calls have been happening. I know that when I've been um, the refereeing has not been very good towards the end, at least when it matters. Um, but um, the, the Suns closed out. I think tonight. Yeah, they play tonight. So they can close it out at home. Um, I'll do my prediction first. I always have you like figures. Uh, I'll go for it. I think they'll they'll finish it off. It'll be four one, and they're they're gonna go to the finals. Um, I think it's uh it's hard to why me, but um Booker is playing like you know out of all these other people play so well. And, uh, you know, Chris Paul. Kind of like rejuvenated, you know, in his older age, and I kind of love that he's trying to do a dig against the old team to you know beat them to go to the finals to kind of keep up with and uh, him and Blake Griffin. Um, so a lot of people compare Booker to Kobe Bryant. They're saying that he's a little mini Mamba. Um, do you see the comparison as well that he's like a like a Kobe like he he can kill you from anywhere? Um, I mean, I've, seen, the, I've seen Booker play live. Oh, okay. Like yeah, I saw him play the Jazz, and Royce O'Neal is actually really known for his defense. He's not known for anything else on the Jazz. Like he is a starter because he is a great defender. He's basically like. Uh, Ron Artest was, you know, before he got, went all crazy and changed his name. Really, really great defender. Really great perimeter defender. You know, people couldn't get a step on him. Watching him, watching Royce O'Neal try to guard Booker was insane. Like, Devin Booker, I, I, could, I could see the comparison. I don't see that he's ever going to be on the level of Kobe Bryant. Like, I don't ever see him being that good. But... He's a nightmare matchup for anybody. Like he's too quick for big big guys, and he he's too tall for the little guys. Like, and he can shoot the ball anywhere on the court. Like he he shoots just as well as like Damian Lillard or Steph Curry. You know, I mean, he can put the ball in the court or in the basket from anywhere on the court. He doesn't always. We've seen a lot more of that this year. You know, there's a reason that he won a three point competition. Yeah, the guy, the guy's good. Like watching him play, I was beyond, beyond impressed with how good he is. Yeah, I and I mean, do you think that the Suns finish it out tonight? Yes, <laughs> absolutely, I do. So, uh, we never uh, got your prediction about the Bucks Hawks, though. Oh, okay. What about it? Who do you think is going to win that? Oh well, I said I agreed with you. I think it's going to be four two. It's going to be the oh, Bucks. Okay. Um, I think the Hawks will win the next game at home that they have. Um, but then after that, the Bucks will win the rest at home and, and end it. So, um, so potentially we would have a Milwaukee Bucks versus the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals, uh, which doesn't get talked about much, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. Giannis, a, a player like Giannis and a player like Booker, 
who had opportunities to jump ship and leave and go to more well-known teams, more broadcasted teams, and try to win titles there, decided not to and to stay with their team and try to build their team into a championship team. And I think that kind of speaks volume on their character and what they're trying to establish as their own legacy and their their own what people are going to remember them for going forward. Um, Giannis has always been very vocal about it when they when people ask him, you know, if he wanted to jump ship and in his prime and actually win somewhere else. So having the Bucks and the Suns potentially in the finals is what both of us are predicting. I think is actually kind of kind of awesome. That you know, it's it's two, two teams and players that stuck with their teams and kind of said, "I'm gonna, you're gonna build around me, and I'm gonna make this team great." And I think that is always why Michael Jordan will be one of the goats. And you can't compare him to LeBron because LeBron has always jumped ship whenever he could to go to another team to try to win a title. So um, I think that's worth mentioning, throwing out there. But how how what what would be your prediction? How you'd feel about a, a Bucks and Suns finals? I think it's absolutely amazing. It it's amazing for the fans, you know, the NBA fans, not necessarily just oh, I'm a fan of this team or I'm a fan of this team. It is amazing for NBA fans because we don't have to watch a stupid ass super team win it. <laughs> I'm tired yeah. of super teams. I'm tired of. LeBron James and his cast, which is always all-stars, always, or the Nets making it, or the Clippers making it. Like, the Clippers are technically a super team. They are, yeah. You know, I'm I'm tired of super teams. And that's what it's been since 2002, thanks to LeBron James coming into the league. Like, I mean, it wasn't just LeBron James. He wasn't the first one to do the super team. That would be the Celtics. Yeah, even though even though the, you can count the Rockets in the '90s as a super team because they had Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler and Charles Barkley, you know, but at the same time they were all past their prime. They were all at the end of their careers, yeah. you know. Or the Lakers super team when they had Carl Malone and Gary Payton and Shaq and and you know, I mean, it's they were they all were past all- their prime. They were all done. This is super teams built in their prime, like. The Celtics, the big three in the Celtics. Uh, and then LeBron going to the Heat to form the big three in the Heat. And then he goes back and forms a big three in Cleveland. And then he goes to Lakers and builds a big three there. I'm, I'm tired of it. And then you have the big big four in Golden State when Durant went over there, which he was the only one that wasn't drafted by that team to make that big four. But then you have the big four in the Nets, and it's like, Guys, enough's enough. Like, we want to watch you guys play. We want to watch fair games. We don't want to watch championship chasing. You want championship chasing, have the teams evenly dispersed. You know, have the salary caps evenly dispersed. Don't go based off of your market. Like, L.A. gets $500 million, but Brooklyn or uh, Milwaukee gets $200 million for their salary cap. Like, that's stupid. And that's something that the NBA does, and it's terrible because they base it on how much money that team brings in and i'm sorry but seeing a phoenix suns milwaukee bucks two two teams that are not super teams like yeah the bucks got drew holiday in a trade yeah the suns got chris paul in a trade but they're still not super teams they're relatively unknown teams except for Giannis. 
because he was the MVP. Now, having these two teams that refuse to go to a super team, that refuse to be part of a super team, the players on them, actually make it to the finals and get past these super teams, that's amazing. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing to me because the Suns beat the Lakers. Yeah. Yep. The Suns are going to beat the Clippers. So they beat two. And then you've got the Bucks that beat the freaking Nets. Like, they're, they're beating these super teams to make it to the NBA Finals. I love it. Like, watching Dirk Nowitzki and the, and the Mavericks demolish LeBron James's heat, the big three in the heat, that was amazing to me. I don't like the Mavericks. I don't like Mark Cuban. I've always had respect for Dirk Nowitzki. But watching a team that did not have a super team destroy a super team makes the NBA fan in me happy. Because I'm... I, I'm just saying it. Most people, I don't know if they'll agree with me, but I am so tired of super teams. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And, uh, you know, I've talked with uh, Mel plenty of times about, you know, these super teams and uh, the teams that are in it now are not, other than the Clippers, is the only team left that's technically still a super team. Because um, the Hawks aren't. The Hawks are not a super team. The Bucks are not a super team. The Suns aren't. So the only one is the Clippers. So if the Clippers lose, then yeah, there's no there's no super team left, which would be amazing. Um, I it's hard to pick between the the Bucks and the Suns because both teams have so many strengths, and you know, especially the Giannis just seems to dominate. You know, going to the paint all the time. But I'm I'm still kind of leaning towards the Suns. Like I, I feel like they, they would take it. I feel like they would go at least six games, if not all seven. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be like a really hard finals, which is good. It's fun to watch two teams really, you know, duke it out. Um, but it, a little bit of me is leaning towards the Suns because I. I want Chris Paul to win one. I want him to justify his amazing career that he's had with the title finally. Um, I, and I feel like Booker has put in the work to become the superstar that he has. I'm not saying the other two, the Bucks haven't. I mean, Giannis obviously has put in loads of work. He's a two-time MVP. So, you know, he's putting a lot of work as well. But my, my feelings and my, my gut are kind of being towards the Suns. I, I feel like they're, they're going to take in. They're going to get their first uh, ever NBA title. And I, I agree with you. I think the Suns are going to do it as long as Chris Paul stays healthy. Yeah. Um, Chris Paul has been kind of the driving force that brought the Suns over the hump. Like last year, they were one of the worst teams in the NBA to being this year. They're the second best team in the NBA yep. behind the Jazz. They were only a game and a half behind the Jazz to finish out the season. And they were the only team to beat the Jazz all three times they faced them. Yeah. So, I mean, even seeing like the Jazz Suns would have been fun to watch. But watching the Suns beat down yet another super team, I mean, I'm stoked for it. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think they have the size really to match up with the Bucks, but the Bucks don't have the three point shooting prowess that the Suns have. Yeah. You know, so I, I think you're right. It's going to be an amazing finals to watch. It's probably going to be the best one we've had in 20 plus years. Like it's like, going to be that good to watch. And 
I, I, I agree. I think the Suns are going to take it, and I think it's going to be in seven games. Fair enough. Uh, well, it, it will. Is, really quick, yeah. if the Suns win, does Chris Paul retire? <laughs> I don't 30, know. Yeah, I think he's like 37 or 38, right? Yeah, he's getting up there. I mean, well, you never know. He might he might still think he's got a little bit left in the tank. Maybe try to do a, a back-to-back, you know? Uh, he's, he's only 36, so he's all right. <laughs> Just take it easy during the regular season because – those games never really matter. <laughs> right. Um, so, all right, cool. Well, uh, the last thing then to talk about is the NHL uh, Stanley Cup, which starts tonight. Um, and th- those games have been uh, pretty good as well. I've watched, I've watched a couple of them. Um, I usually flip back and forth between hockey and the basketball. If there's a commercial on one, I'll flip over to the other. Um, so... Tampa Bay gets past the New York Islanders and Tampa Bay trying to uh seven So yeah, they're like we're saying. Um they are they're Tampa trying to go for the repeat. I think it's been quite a long time since CP has happened in NHL, um, to have a team go back and win it again. Wait, didn't um, the Penguins do that just like a few years back? I don't think it was a few years back. <laughs> few years, I think, like, two years. That's not, not true. But uh, as you're looking looking that up to see the last thing to do that. Um, the Penguins won it in 2015-2016 and 2016-2017. So they, they – Like won it four or five eight. years, six years, yeah. yeah so, yeah, it's still been a while. Um, Before that, it was in the 90s. Yeah, so I mean, we'll we'll see if if Tampa can do it again. I was rooting for New York to be honest, just because New York Islanders head coach um, was the Washington Capitals head coach when they won the Stanley Cup, and I wanted him to kind of get another cup under his belt just to be like, ah, you guys shouldn't have let me go, you know, kind of kind of show the Capitals they made a dumbass mistake, which I still feel like they they did with getting rid of him. I will say, dude, the Islanders surprised me this year. Like, they were not good last year. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. Yeah, they did. They went up did against they? the Islanders. Or they went up against um, Tampa. It was a repeat of last year. Oh, okay. So but, but I, they I don't made... remember them making it last year, but I know that, like, the Islanders have not been a good team. No, not until they got the coach. Yeah. When the coach came in, he turned them and around. They, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, like holy crap. Yeah, twice back to back years couldn't get past Tampa. Um Tampa's a kryptonite right now. Um and then on the other side of the court uh is uh Vegas and the uh, Montreal uh Canadians. And you know, I was I was for Vegas last court. you know, I I've always wanted them to win. I was you know, the only time I didn't want them to win is when they went up against the Capitals because it was my team. But you know, when they're going against the Capitals, I, I root for them. And I was really hoping, like, because they, they've gotten to this point a bunch of times they just can't get over the hump. Um, and the Canadians end up, uh, you know, the series that I'm going to be Tampa Bay uh, versus the Canadians. Um, who, who do you have in, in this series? Uh, um, I was really surprised about the Canadians. Like, not going to lie. Yeah. I was super surprised at that. 
the last time that they won one was 1993. <laughs> 28 years. They haven't even been to the Stanley Cup Finals. 28 years. Yeah. And they fought hard. They beat the crap out of the freaking uh, Golden Knights. Like, I did not expect that. Golden Knights went up in one game to O, and then out of nowhere, like, here come the Canadians. And they just ran all over them. Like, it was it was brutal, you know. Um, that being said, dude, Tampa Bay is still a, a, a wrecking horse. Like, <laughs> uh Oh man, I I think Tampa Bay is gonna win it in six. Fair enough. I I'm actually going with Tampa as well, just because the Canadians have a lot of young players on their team. Um, I know they have like a rookie that's been playing out of his mind in the playoffs right now for them, which is crazy for a rookie. Um, but I think Tampa being there before and having that experience under their belt, um, you know, their top player on Tampa won the Stanley Cup with St. Louis. And then the next year he got traded to the Lightning. He won the Stanley Cup with them. He's going for a third straight Stanley Cup. I mean, this this guy has got the experience under his belt and obviously is, you know, a force to reckon with. So I'm going to go with Tampa, but I think they'll, they'll win it sooner. I think they'll win it in five minutes. Wow, you're only giving Montreal one game? Yeah. Wow. Um, the inexperience and them not being there in such a long time, I think it's going to get to them. It's too much pressure. Um, so I, I think Tampa will take it pretty quickly from, from them just because of having that experience of being there last year. So. But, uh, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Tampa, Tampa I mean, they, they're almost the city of champions. You know, they, they had the Bucks win, and then they the Lightning won, and then uh, the Rays, you know, almost won the World Series. They got there, you know. If they would have won the World Series against the Dodgers, Tampa would have been the, the city of champions. Like, they would have won every single major title. So, um, I think uh, Tampa's going to try to – I think they'll, do, they'll, they'll get the back-to-back. I think they'll, they'll, they'll get it done. Yeah, I still think the Montreal will take two games, but it's <laughs> my opinion. You know more about hockey than I do, so yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> hey, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, well, uh, I think that's uh, about wraps wraps things up. Um, I know baseball. We haven't really talked much about it this season. Um, maybe we'll get some more into it in the next time we do uh, a podcast. Um, I know the home run derby is coming up. Um, I'm kind of excited about that because, uh, you know, the Orioles have done diddly crap this year. They've, they've done worse than crap. Like they, they, they have been just terrible. Um, but Trey Mancini, our first baseman is entering the home run derby. Um, cause he's been having a great season and I think it's great too, because, um, you know, obviously he overcame, uh, cancer and he's a, cancer survivor um you know i i think it's just great that he made that comeback and he's playing this season and he's going to be in the home run derby so it gives me a little glimmer of hope that we might be able to at least have that notch on our belt that he could win the home run derby because that's about it we're not going to have anything else going for us so 
uh, I would at least like that. That would be that would be nice. And that and I just love him as a player, and I love his story. Um, so I'm I'm rooting for him in the home run derby. Nice. Um, I'm actually rooting for this uh, Shohei Otani guy. Oh, the for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, he's a pitcher. He's got like a, a sub two freaking ERA, and he's batting two seventy seven with twenty five home runs. Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's got to be like the best two way player to ever come out. Like, six foot four. He's only making three million dollars this year, and he's that. He's just crushing everything yeah i mean he was like the big name that all the teams were trying to get when he came from japan was it i think it was yeah he came from japan he played for the nippon ham fighters (laughs) there you go uh he he was sought after by all the teams and he ended up landing in uh with the angels so I mean, I'm I'm not surprised he's been, you know, living up to the hype. I mean, ever since he's been here, he's kind of, you know, been a home run machine, at least when it comes to being a pitcher. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see a pitcher in a home run derby. <laughs> see how that goes. Right? Um, it's going to so be fun, fun to watch. Something fun to watch. Um, to be honest, I haven't really been a big fan of baseball Let's throw out a topic real quick before we wrap things up, just real quick. Um, so right now, baseball is having this thing with pitchers cheating, and that they're putting stuff on the ball. It's under their hat. It's in the you know over here, or they'll like do their back pocket, you know, and then in their glove, their glove, yeah, and you know. Um, the, the coaches, the managers are now allowed to ask the ump to go and check after a pitcher is pitched. And it's gotten out of hand. The manager of the Nationals got three times in one game. And it's just like, hey, you didn't find anything the first time. You didn't find anything the second time. Like, now you're just trying to get the pitcher off of his game, trying to get him out of his group, you know. And, you know, uh, Kershaw, Kershaw basically said there should be some punishment for managers who request the umpires to check the pitchers and then they don't find anything. There should be some type of punishment on the managers. I don't even know what type of punishment I don't even know what the MLB could think of for something like that. Um, but he, as a pitcher, feels like coaches are trying to do it to throw people off of their game as well. Um, and we've seen pitchers getting so angry and so upset that they're starting to take their belts off and pull their pants down on the field while the umpires are checking them because they're getting so pissed about this. Right? Um, Didn't I, I, they ejected one of the uh, baseball? What? What are they? The freaking managers? Yeah, managers. They yeah. ejected one of the managers because he had a uh, Schwarzer. Sh- Max, Matt, Schwer- how do you say his name? Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Yeah. Scherzer. Yeah, they had him checked like three times in like two innings. So they're like, "You're out of here. You're done. Like you're making us do this too much." <laughs> but they did actually catch somebody, um, Hector Santiago from the Mariners. My team. Go figure. <laughs> um, he, they they said it failed a spot check. And the foreign substances. 
So they actually ejected him and took his glove, put it in a bag that looked like a regular drawstring kitchen trash bag to send off to a lab rather than having an authenticator there on site. And then after the game, Santiago said, all I used was rosin. Like I rosin both sides. I hit my, I hit my glove on both sides and I happened to get some sweat in there as well. And sweat mixed with rosin is a sticky substance. He's like, it wasn't meant for me to be cheating. It was just something that happened in my glove and I tried to wipe it off, but it was sticky. He's like, I'm not, I didn't put it on the ball and never touched the ball. So like it, it right now it's his word and they haven't had the lab results back yet to show what was in the glove. But I mean, if it's just rosin and sweat, that's stupid because are they really going to take the rosin bag away from pitchers? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And pitchers have said, you know, if you want to do that, if you want to take that away from us, then you'll see more uh, batters getting hit by the ball. They were like, if you want more batters to get hit, that's fine. (laughs) They were like, they were like, we're fine with that, but you know, we'd rather not have to hit the batters all the time with the ball slipping out of our hands, you know? Um, you know, and I and, and I agree with that, and I think it's just crazy. The Major League Baseball is has so much cheating going on, and they're worried about so much cheating. The the Astros, uh, you know, however many years ago, with the hitting the trash can at the World Series, and you know, the Red Sox doing it, and then now this with pitchers. Like, I ba- baseball is kind of just frustrating me right now and and it's 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 not what it used to be it wasn't it's not exciting anymore you don't watch it to see like a Barry Bonds and a Mark McGuire try to you know beat the home run record or you know I don't know something exciting like that or Cal Ripken breaking the record like I feel like there's teams trying to see what they can get away with now how much they get away with same and there there's the whole big thing earlier this year about Fernando Tatis from the Padres stealing signs because he looked down <laughs> and then he hit a home run like like part of the game guys that's what it is like you look for like batters look if you want to, if you want a prime example, watch the movie Mister Three Thousand with Bernie Mac. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's a it's funny, funny movie, movie, blah blah blah. But when he actually goes back into the league, spoilers. But if you haven't seen it, that's your own fault. When he goes back <laughs> in the league because he finds out he's like three hits away from three thousand, he goes back into the league. He actually like comes back to the dugout after striking out on somebody and goes, "Hey." The pitcher actually tips his arm in a little bit when he's throwing a curveball. Keep an eye for that. Keep an eye on that. Like, they talk. They see little ticks like that that pitchers do. Yeah. And honestly, if you look back at, like, Hank Aaron, Roger Maris, Babe Ruth, you know, the big home run hitters back in the day, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, they were going against pitchers that had Vaseline in their hats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they were still able to hit off of them. I think, honest to God, a pitcher having a sticky substance on the ball is a good thing because it keeps them from hitting the batters. It keeps them – it allows them to have better control on the ball. Like, that's what the rosin is for. It's what a rosin bag does is it dries out your hand yeah. so you can grip better. 
are they going to take rosin bags away from bowlers? Because <laughs> we use them as a bowler as well. Yeah. It like, dries out our hands so our hands fit in the ball better. So we can actually grip the ball better. It, it's things like that. Like the, the whole, like, oh, God, it's cheating, it's cheating. It, it's gone overboard. I completely agree with you. And I used to love baseball. Now I struggle watching it because it's just, it's one thing after another. Like, it, it really is. We've had more strikeouts this year than we've ever had. And that's why they're leaning towards pitchers cheating. Yeah. And the difference is, is we crack down so much on steroids that players aren't beefing up and able to hit the long ball as well. Yeah. Like the MB or an MLB leader right now for home runs, I think is Fernando Tatis at like 29. Like he's on pace to, to hit 50. <laughs> like, we haven't had, we, we haven't had that low of home runs in a long time. Yeah. But I, I struggle like you do. Like I, I really do. I love baseball, but it's just, it's not fun to watch right now. It, yeah. it hasn't been for a few years because it's nothing but cheating scandal after cheating scandal after cheating scandal after something else. And it, it all started with the doping schemes, like with McGuire and Sosa, like, and the corked bats. Who the hell cares? Just let them play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, well, we'll go more into like standings and how the, uh, the um, conference is looking next time we're on here. Um, as always, we appreciate everyone for watching and listening. We'll uh, have a, another episode coming at you uh, later on. Um, you know, of course, we're always excited once, you know, fantasy football starts and being able to make our predictions and different things like that. We always look forward to that the most. Um, but, uh, you know, you know how to follow us, you know, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. You know how to find us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, you know, tell your friends, share it, you know, like it, you know, do all the fun stuff that we appreciate. Earl Thomas still not signed. And I can say that because I just looked, he hasn't retired yet. So oh. he's still not signed. <laughs> and that new camp starting, that's not a good sign. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, not, not looking good for him at all. But, uh, hey, I mean, you know, until he retires, you know, that's our best uh, way to end it. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> he's uh, he's going to keep us in for a little while. Um, but, uh, we love you guys. You guys, and we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Later. Later. Peace.